Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio in Atlanta, it's time for Senior Salute Radio. Senior Salute Radio is presented by the elder and disability law firm of Victoria L. Collier. Hello, and welcome to Senior Salute Radio. I am Victoria Collier, your host. Senior Salute Radio brings timely information to leading age boomers and seniors addressing the issues of aging, caregiving, and maintaining quality of life. Each show, we also salute the life of a senior. And today we will be talking about getting the care that you need in your own home and how to pay for it. And we are going to be speaking with Dan Wolby, advisor with Liberty Home Equity Solutions, and Nancy Bauer, I'm sorry, so it is, what's your name, Nancy? Nancy Bohr. <laughs> Bohr, I'm so sorry. Nancy Bohr, co-owner of Synergy Home Care. And we will announce our senior that we're celebrating later on. Uh, welcome, Dan and Nancy. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. It's great being here. So, so I know everybody wants to um, stay in their own homes. And when aging becomes an issue, and even when aging is not an issue, we want to just stay at home. And um, But the question always comes down to how do we pay for that if we need care. So Dan, I want to start with you as far as with Liberty Home Equity Solutions, um, what are some solutions in order to be able to pay for care at home if we want to stay there? Well, we are a reverse mortgage company, one of the, one of the leading reverse mortgage companies in the country. And we serve a client base, 62 and older, that has enough equity in their home to be able to withdraw from that to get their hands on some of their equity in the house to use to pay for that. And when you say 62 and above, um, do you say that because this is actually a federally mandated um, and monitored program, or is that just your company's policy? No, that two, two answers to that question. Part of it is that's the rule, 62, but recently, very recently, a rule was ch- one of the federal rule rules was changed so that one of the homeowners has to be 62. So the problem before was if the husband was 65 and the wife was 60, they couldn't do a reverse mortgage. But in the last 30 days, the rule has changed where a spouse not. Uh, not uh, non-borrowing spouse, NBS, can now be on a reverse mortgage, and uh, those over 62 with younger spouses can now do a reverse mortgage. So somebody's got to be 62, if I got round and round about that. <laughs> and so that's a federal law, and uh, you know, my parents fell into that situation um, several years ago when um, they benefited from getting a reverse mortgage, except that my mom is older than my dad, and we had to transfer the house from joint names into just her name because she was over the 62, but he was not. That's what the rule now, we eliminated that problem. Great. I also, um, while we're on this topic, so you have to actually own the home to the person who's getting the reverse mortgage, their name has to be on the deed. Is that correct? Yes. They They have to be the owner of the home. Okay. And do they have to live in the home? Has to be a primary resident. They have to live there. When they initiate the mortgage. Yes. The three rules are uh, you have to live there. Uh, Wait a minute. I got ahead of myself. (laughs) These are the rules for keeping a reverse mortgage. You have to live there. You pay your taxes. And I'm getting ahead of myself. And 
insurance. Pay your homeowner's insurance, yeah. Those are the rules. All right. And so we'll get back to that. Okay. Um, and so now my understanding of the new law, and, and correct me because I haven't read it, um, but is that let's say that you have someone who's over the age of 62, someone who's not over the age. It doesn't matter, but they have a spouse. So you have one person who's actually on the mortgage and the other spouse is not on the mortgage. When the one who's on the mortgage dies, does the other spouse who's not on the mortgage get to stay in the house? Yes. Is, that, that's what changed that's as well. That's the new rule, yes. Okay. That's great because otherwise, that was always my concern was if my mom dies first, dad's going to have to move out right. and or we're going to have to sell it or we're going to have to get a conventional mortgage. Right. So so that issue of, what, like you said, you used to have to take one, one of them off the title to do the mortgage. You know, it, and the result was that when the older spouse, if the older spouse passed away, the younger one had to leave the property. Mm. So we don't have that anymore. And it's, I just closed my first one under the non-borrowing spouse this week. So it's really a brand new rule. It's great. So Changed August 1st. Okay. So the distinction there is that we can have one person on the actual mortgage that is responsible to pay them, uh, that's responsible for the mortgage when they die or when they move out. But we can have two people on title. And when that mortgage person dies or moves out, what happens to the mortgage? I, I don't think that I don't think I think the non-borrowing spouse comes off the title. Oh, okay. But they are entitled to stay in the house if the title holder okay. passes away. Okay. As long as as long as they still live there. That's right. There are some other uh, great subtleties to uh, the program, but sure, yeah. of course. And so you know, one thing that we always hear in my law firm, anyway, is um, you know. We hear that some people haven't had a mortgage in years and years and years and years. And so they're like, oh, I don't want a mortgage. You know, they, they see it as the same as a traditional mortgage. And so how do you um, explain that this isn't like a traditional mortgage? It's tough. It's, <laughs> it's nothing like a traditional mortgage. It's, it's called reverse, and it's different. It's just the opposite almost in every way people look at it. So you're right. We have to cross that barrier of, I've never had a mortgage or I haven't had a mortgage in 40 years. I feel so good I paid off my mortgage. <laughs> right, right. So this is a different kind of mortgage that gives seniors access to some of their equity in the home. And I, I keep saying that and it's not a – well, what it means is you can get your hands on some of your investment in the – some of your house without taking a traditional mortgage that has a monthly payment. Okay, and so let's get to yeah. that in just a moment. Okay. You're listening to Senior Salute Radio, presented by the Elder and Disability Law Firm of Victoria L. Collier, and I'm speaking with Dan Wolby, who's explaining to us the advantages of reverse mortgages, and he works for Liberty Home Equity Solutions. So with a reverse mortgage, what you just said is we get access to the principal value of the home, and if we pull from that to use it in whatever way we need to, and we'll talk about that in a second, but we don't have to pay it back on a monthly basis like we do a traditional mortgage. Correct. Reverse. The money's flowing the other way from okay. the mortgage company to the homeowner instead of a monthly payment. And so how is it determined as to how much equity they can have access to in their home? Well, it's based on three things. Your age, the current interest rate, and the appraised value, today's appraised value. Mm -hmm. So we, when we go into one of these, when I come to see someone, I know how old they are. I know what the interest rate is. The only thing we don't know is what's the house going to appraise for. Mm -hmm. So based on that, uh, a general 
rule of thumb, a, a 62-year-old starts out at about 50% loan to value. And then the older you are, the more your the more money is available to you. Now, I understand that one of the new laws that just changed, um, I think it was January of this year, which was 2014, was that prior to that date, a person who was getting a reverse mortgage from the beginning could get access to the equity up to a percentage of their age minus a factor of one. So if somebody was 80 minus one is 79% of their equity. I understand that they've actually capped that to 60%. Uh, that's a, a, that's a rule, of, rule of thumb. It, the 60%, the, the amount of loan you can get is roughly the same as it was before. But uh, let's use the example of uh, you have a $200,000 home and we were going to make you a loan of $100,000 just for round figures. Up until the rule change you're, just, you're talking about, you could take all the money at, at the closing. Well, they stopped that. They capped that at 60%. So if we're making $100,000 available to you, you can only take $60,000 during the first in year. In lump sum. Correct. Oh, okay. or, or spread out or over spread out. in the okay. first year. And then a year and a day later, the other 40000 becomes available to you. Okay. So your loan value can be higher than the 60000 percent. Yes. Mm -hmm. You just don't have access the first year right. other than that 60%. Well, whatever your loan is going to be, you can only take 60% of it the okay. first year, unless unless you are paying off uh, an existing mortgage that happens to be a little more than that. So there are... And that was going to be my next question, is that um, you can actually have a mortgage already, a traditional mortgage, or a home equity line of credit and still be able to turn that into, or I should say, transition into a reverse mortgage. Yeah, or just a refinance, refinance. into a reverse mortgage. So when we close a reverse mortgage, we pay off your traditional or equity line, and your reverse mortgage is your new mortgage. And we always hear about, and what you're talking about even today, is access to equity. Now, when my parents got their reverse mortgage, it was not for the purpose of accessing their equity. Um, and in fact, they had no need to do that. But we actually had, they had, a cash flow from month-to-month -month basis, and they had a traditional mortgage. And if we could just get rid of that monthly payment that they were making every month to the mortgage, then that freed up that money to pay for my dad's health care expenses, his medical bills from his heart attacks and heart procedures. So is that another purpose, and do people even know about that? Because I never hear about it. 50% of the people get reverse mortgages. To answer your question, people just don't understand reverse mortgage. It's, it, so 50% of the people that we do mortgages on have current mortgages. And they're, you know, suffering or slaving to get the monthly payment made. Uh, and 50% of the people that don't have any mortgage. So for those that have mortgage payments and are every month have to make that, you know, $427 payment after they get their checks, reverse mortgage comes in and we refinance. We, our new mortgage is there and there's no monthly payment. Mm -hmm. So clearly it helps the cash flow. That's it's a lifestyle, it's a cash flow issue, and reverse mortgage is there to help. Now, the other concern I hear from people all the time is, I want to leave my house to my children. And that's why they feel so good about paying off their mortgage, not to mention you know, all the other positive effects of that. But um, how, are the children protected? 
they're protected. And well, I'll often look back. Yes, I hear the same thing. I want to leave something for my children, but if it if they're sacrificing, if they're eating a tuna fish sandwich once a day just so they can leave the house to their daughter or their son, you know, we're here for the senior for their health this is for them it's not for for their children but the children are protected in that when the stop if i'm getting ahead but when the the loan gets paid off when the last borrower leaves the house that's usually when the last person either leaves for senior living somewhere or they pass away and that it's their house this is real important the mortgage company doesn't own the house the homeowner owns the house and we don't know whether you're going to owe us $10,000 or $300,000. We don't know how long you're going to be there. So when the last borrower leaves, if someone dies, the house goes to the heirs, just like it would without a mortgage or a reverse mortgage. And it goes to the heirs, and the heirs have a year to sell the house. Or it goes into an estate, and yes, the estate, estate is... Has, right, has a year. And so if you owe $50,000 on a house that's worth... 200 they're going to sell the house and your children are going to get the $150,000. But on the other side, and this is what we've gone through since in the last 10 years, if when you die your house is worth $150,000 but you owe 200, your children are protected. This is a non-recourse loan and no one ever has to bring any money to the table to settle up a reverse mortgage. And what I understand by what you're saying is that you never have to pay off more than what the house is worth. That's correct. Okay. Um, now, I have had a couple clients, however, that have moved out of the home, um, primarily because they have moved to a nursing home, um, and then they had it for sale, and it didn't sell within a year, and the mortgage company actually proceeded with foreclosure um, instead of continuing to extend the ability to sell it. Um, and one of them even went, I think, through a short sale. Can you talk about that process? And is the homeowner, in that case, protected? Well, it, that happens. I mean, you get a year to sell the house. and So it's a hard and fast rule, one year to sell yeah, it? Just about. Just about. They're, after a year, if the house hasn't sold, and I know the servicing department it, they're getting. They're with you. Like, let's see. Have, do you have the house listed? Well, if you're asking four hundred for a house that's only worth three hundred, they're going to say you're not getting any. You know, it's sure. not going to sell. Bring it down. And sure, they tried. They brought it down to two hundred, one hundred, whatever. If after know? a year no one's bought it, then it's time. You know, the the meter's running. Interest is being charged. They want this. You know, the homeowner's deceased. It's time to time to go. And if the homeowner's not deceased, and this is the question I'm going after, is the homeowner's not deceased and it goes through foreclosure after that year, mm-hmm. under traditional tax rules, um, then there's an income tax imputed on the person under traditional foreclosures. Is that the same for reverse mortgage foreclosures? No, no. With, with reverse mortgage, uh, I will tell you that a lot has gone into this. We know that our clients are seniors. They're Children are going to be heirs. These loans aren't going to last for 30 years. So all that's known up front. So the, this is an FHA program, and FHA mortgage insurance is paid on every loan to, to tell, make sure the parents know you're not leaving a ball and chain around your children's ankles, nor if the senior moves out, like you said, and the house just doesn't sell, it's okay. 
You are listening to Senior Salute Radio, presented by the Elder and Disability Law Firm of Victoria L. Collier. And we are speaking with Dan Wolby of Liberty Home Equity Solutions about reverse mortgages. Now, Dan, um, with regard to the reverse mortgage, the other objection I hear from my clients when I'm trying to explain to them what a benefit this is, and I'm a true advocate for reverse mortgage. Um, but even, it took me three years to talk my mother and father into it. Um, <laughs> but um, is the uh, closing cost are so high or whatever? Um, so how can we address that? Because I think that that's also changed that's over changed. time as well. That's on October 1st of last year, mm-hmm. uh, 2013, we, we did away with the different kinds of reverse mortgages. We used to have three or four different kinds. Now there's only one type of loan. It's a fixed rate or adjustable. And the the 60% issue we talked about before, if you don't need that much money, the mortgage insurance fee fell from 2%. That was the big problem with the closing costs, the 2% fee from HUD, to now it's a half of 1%. So the closing costs have been reduced tremendously, and it's opened up you know, people's minds to, I don't have to carry that $15,000 burden of a of a high closing cost reverse mortgage. And they can roll that into the actual mortgage. They don't have to come to the table with that, correct? Correct. The cost of getting into a reverse mortgage is uh, there's a counseling fee that we might get to. It's roughly about $100, and then you pay for a property appraisal. So it's about a $500 total upfront to get into a reverse mortgage. Nothing else out of your pocket. And so speaking about the counseling fee, um, counseling is the first time you've said that here on this show. So why do people have to go through credit counseling in order to get a reverse mortgage? Well, this is a a requirement to go through a HUD-approved counseling agency, and we have tons of them. I mean, they're all over Georgia, and, uh, and it's a telephone appointment where we're checking as an industry. Is the, the government, is the program, checking to make sure that a senior getting a reverse mortgage is the right client for this. They understand the program, the, the uh, counselors go over the program with it, asking questions, making sure that the homeowner understands that they still own the house, uh, the, the way the program works, but also to make sure that Seniors not under any duress. There's no one trying to sell them an annuity policy or trying to do anything other than making sure that this senior can stay in this home and use the proceeds of the loan to help their lives. And in fact, back in the infancy of reverse mortgage programs, there was some fraud going on. Um, The two types that I'm familiar with, uh, one was that essentially the reverse mortgage broker, like yourself, mm-hmm. uh, would solicit business and then tell people that they would have to fix X, Y, and Z of their home and all that would ha- would come out of the reverse mortgage. And then ultimately they would have their buddies, right, contractor. their yeah. contractors doing the work that either took all the equity in the house mm-hmm. and then they had nothing for why they truly were getting the reverse mortgage or the contractor just never showed up and finished a job or things like that. And, and that's uh, you know not uncommon for contractors, regardless if it's fraud or not. <laughs> but <Yeah. All> right. <laughs> that was one way. And the other way was um, for financial advisors um, to suggest a reverse mortgage so that they could then invest that equity into annuities like you just mentioned. Now, they've actually prohibited that second one from happening, uh, and they've got measures in place, don't they, to prevent that from happening? Well, yes. 
we ask questions. Are you planning? Do you have any, you know, or do you have any intention of using any of this money for insurance, financial planning? And if so, uh, you know, what is it? And our, I've had maybe one person that's answered yes to that. And, uh, well, what is it? And there, there, someone was trying to sell them an annuity. And we, you know, one of our plans is like an annuitized payout plan. And we told the people, you don't need to do this. So, uh, yes, we do watch against that financial fraud. And uh, I will tell you, I'm a member of the Financial Planners Association. And I, you know, speak with them all the time. And, it does, we don't see that here in Atlanta. Well, I'm a licensed insurance agent, so I can right. sell certain types of annuities as well. So, I mean, we see the benefits of them, but when combined with a reverse mortgage, the cost it, is too it high. can be a red yeah, flag. That's right. Okay. It's a real red flag. And the other is repair. And so the way they're handled, when the appraiser comes to the house, and he's looking for two things. He's looking for value and repairs. Repairs being uh, safety and marketing uh, issues. And the homeowner has to get an estimate from a license, from a Georgia licensed contractor, uh, and then we hold back at closing 150% of that repair uh, amount and hold that for six months and have the, get the work done after closing, and we have the money to pay the uh, contractor and if they overrun any. So if they don't have the work done, like you were talking about, then we're going to pay for We're going to get it done. So these concerns, while maybe valid concerns, really there have been put some uh, measures in place to eliminate, if minimize, minimize if not eliminate it, yeah, yeah. Uh, these problems. They've done, a, they've done a good job trying to take care of a lot of the problems that are inherent in seniors, money, and people trying. In the, in the early days of reverse mortgage, it's been around since the Reagan years, that people got taken advantage of tremendously. It's nothing like that now. It's a whole different program. Yeah, absolutely. And so the last thing I want to talk about is how can people receive the payment from the reverse mortgage? This is great. This really shows the flexibility of the program. So you can either, once the loan is made and you know, the proceeds are there, you can take uh, the lump sum, which, uh, again, it was, you can take 60% of it during the first 12 months, and then uh, after a year, you can take the rest of it. If you wanted to you know, drain the kitty, you can do that. But there also, you can have a credit line. You don't have to take all the money, and you can just go to it when you need to. And just, if you need $2,500 for Christmas, you can call us up, and we wire $2,500 to your bank account. And interest is only accruing on what you've pulled. Oh, right. This, okay. this is real important. This is one of the most important parts, especially this is the part that financial planners really like to hear for their clients. Let's just use the example of a $100,000 loan, and you needed $10,000 at closing to pay off some bills or put a new hot water heater, and you've got 90000 left in your account with us. That ninety grows every year at about currently about 3.5%. So the money that you have in your account is so much more over the years. So instead of doing a reverse mortgage, well, I'll wait 10 years to do it. The money that you can get today, and if you don't use it, will be so much more 10 years from now. And you're right, you're only being charged interest on what you have, the $10,000 you took. You pulled out. Yeah. Okay. So your the, money, so, so your equity is actually growing, and potentially your house value hopefully is hopefully again grow growing. That's right. <laughs> so, that's right. And the, okay. and the amount you might be able to draw from us. Uh, is growing. So in that situation, I call it like a check in the top drawer. If you ever need it, it's there. 
and it's also getting bigger every year. Those are the lump sum and the credit line payments, uh, access to the money. The other two are concerned monthly payments to you. One of them, your choice, if you say, gee, send me $1,000 a month or pay me for five years, I want to take it all. Well, when the money runs out in that situation where you pick the payment, when the money runs out, the money runs out. You can stay in the house for the rest of your life, but no more money after you've taken all the money out of the account. But one of the more popular ways is called tenure, T-E-N-U-R-E, tenure, like professors get at the university, that we will make a payment to you for as long as you live in the house. And, you know, if your mom lived to 97 and your father lived to 99, and there's a great chance you're going to live to 110, the tenure is a great way. This is tax-free money deposited just like Social Security. Uh, we tell you an amount, and it lasts for as long as you live in the house. So those are the four ways. You either lump sum, credit line, or a monthly payment where you set it, or the tenure program. And so from the elder law perspective, I'll just share with those who are listening as well, is that um, you know when we are considering the possibility, for example, for veterans benefits to help pay for home health care, um, especially since we're staying in the home, that's why we're getting the reverse mortgage, as well as the potential for Medicaid in the future. Um, I just want the listeners to be aware that what you pull from a reverse mortgage is not countable income for any government um, assistance program. But if you use the lump sum option, then it is an asset if it sits in your bank the month after you pull it. So sometimes when getting a reverse mortgage, we do definitely recommend that if they are a veteran or potentially could need uh, nursing home Medicaid in the future, that they consult, that the reverse mortgage company as well as the client consult with an elder care attorney so that they don't lose the opportunity for other benefits. That's right. That's right. You, you don't want to have too much money. You can leave it in your account with us and take from it as your attorney or your advisor, you know, helps you with. But otherwise, they can spend the money on whatever they want to. Whatever you want. All you right. Want, you want that Harley? You want that Winnebago? Or take that trip. <laughs> Great. Well, Dan, if somebody wants to, you know, investigate that and um, get in touch with you, how would they do that? Sure. Call me, 770-984-0125. And do you have a website you can I share? I do, but it's a long one. Okay. Uh, well, your company is Liberty Home Equity Solutions. And Correct. repeat your phone number again. Again, 770-984-0125. And I've known Dan for multiple years. And um, as an elder care attorney, companies come and go, come and go, come and go. But Dan has been here through all of it and does a great job and has helped out uh, several of my clients. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate you being on the show. Thank you. And now we are going to go and talk with... Nancy um, on Senior Salute Radio, and Nancy is the co-owner of Synergy Home Care, and I don't want to botch your last name again, so that's when I'm not saying it. <laughs> so, but you can do it. Welcome, Nancy. <laughs> Just think of the number four, but have it start with a B. Four. There you go. Great. There you go. That's a great way to to remember it. Now, Nancy. Um, so. Being the co-owner of Synergy Home Care, I imagine you know what Synergy Home Care does and what you do best. <laughs> well, uh, let me just first explain to your listeners that Synergy Home Care is a national franchise. And we have about six offices in the North Georgia, uh, Atlanta, and now in Augusta. 
uh, and we're all independent business owners. And I own the Decatur office with my sister, Barbara. Mm -hmm. And we've been doing this now for five years, and we still speak to each other. <laughs> you and Barbara. <laughs> yes. So that's a good thing. <laughs> that is good. And, you know, I mean, it's very important to have confidence um, and passion when you're serving others. And, right. um, you know, so it's a family business helping families. So tell me how you do that um, in the Decatur area. Well, we too have a mother. Uh, and so we can relate very well to our adult child clients. Um, when you think about our senior population, as you mentioned before, everybody wants to stay for as long as they can in their home. And sometimes that's a struggle. Would it you is. Agree? Yeah. And, and sometimes it's not the right place to be as well. And so um, there is assisted living, there's uh, skilled nursing, uh, and then there's home care. Now, home care is non-medical. It's not skilled nursing. A lot of people may hear the term home health. That is a different service. Home health is maybe you've been in the hospital, you're discharged, you can have physical therapy at home. That would be a home health agency that is going to provide the physical therapist. If it, there's an occupational therapist, that's home health. We're home care. That's non-medical. So we'll help people with things from as diverse as taking them to doctor's appointments, helping them with a shower, making meals. It, it runs you know, a gamut of services. And can you do like blood pressures and medication reminders? Sure. We can take your blood pressure. We can record it so that when you go to the doctors, um, you can provide that to them, which is a, a beneficial um, thing for your doctor to help maybe diagnose any issues. Um, we could remind people to take their medication. Uh, a lot of our seniors have like the pill box where it's morning, noon, and night. We cannot take the pill and put it in the pillbox. We cannot take it from the prescription bottle. A family member or a friend has to do that. If we were to do that, that would be considered a skilled a medical um, activity. But once it's in the pillbox, yeah. your caregivers can then say, say hey, it's Monday hey. morning, <laughs> flip it open, here's your pills, give them a glass of water, make sure they swallow the pills. That's really important. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so yeah, we can do those things. Absolutely. So tell me what sets Synergy Home Care apart from other home care agencies. Well, uh, most of us in the home care business would say, and most of us do, care. Um, That's why you get into that business is because you care. Yes, and our caregivers, when you talk to them, they talk about this as a calling. They are very passionate about it, which is a great caregiver to have. Um, but care for us at Synergy means coordinated and responsive engagement. Coordinated, think of us as the quarterback, to use an analogy. Sometimes I like to say the conductor of an orchestra. I get tired of quarterback. Right. But, but we're well, Especially since most caregivers are women. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> my point. But um, we, we may not be everybody's answer. And we're a resource. That's really, we're problem solvers. So I talk and educate a lot of people over the years um, as to, well, maybe have you thought of this? I know someone who does this. Maybe you need to talk to them um, and try to bring as many resources to bear to help this person. Because 
most people have never had to go through this before. It's not like having a baby and everybody down the street probably has had a baby <laughs> and can kind of give you their advice. Uh, we all age at a different rate and have different, really different situations. Or we may never, you know, you die with your boots on. You were um, in great shape. You lived to be 94 and you were never sick a day in your life. But for most of us, that's probably not going to be the case. So we can provide some help for people in their homes, and it's customized. So, so tell me about that. Tell me, you know, yeah, how do you sure. customize a care plan with your care team? You do team? a lot of listening. You meet with, obviously, the prospective client. And usually there's a family member, because family caregivers are the backbone of caregiving in the United States. And they are shouldering most of the burden. So when you talk to a family to listen to what, is the challenge for them and you listen to what their budget is because it may be a matter of somebody only needs us to come once a week for a four-hour visit so the family caregiver can go out to lunch go to a movie just have a break so they don't burn out which is extremely prevalent uh, because for several reasons and, and chime in if you uh, know of others but a, sometimes family members just don't think anyone else can do it as well as they can because sure. no one knows their family as, as well as they do. Um, the problem I see with that philosophy is that while on some level that may it is true that no one knows their family member as well as they do, but everyone needs a separation for their own sanity and not just the caregiver, but the actual patient needs a break from that person too. <laughs> you know? Well, it's interesting um, talking to the person who is in need of the help, uh, many times they're in denial. Um, and they'll think it's taking their independence away. When in actuality, it gives them independence back in the sense of they're not having to ask their daughter or son or grandchild, and they don't feel guilty about asking for the help. Hey, they're hiring somebody. That person's going to take them. You're now and an employee. <laughs> exactly. And you can take me and drive me to wherever. I don't have to limit it to go to the grocery store because that's an essential, obviously, activity. But maybe I want to go to a play. I don't like driving at night anymore, especially in Atlanta. Uh, maybe my eyesight at night, I'm okay during the day, but not at night. But I still like to do some things in the evening so we can help with that it, you know is as a, a social activity absolutely I've, I've i've i tell people clients all the time you know you have earned the right to lead and delegate call someone tell them what to do and then have them do it <laughs> you know which could be the driving at night you know yeah whatever <laughs> it may be um you know a lot of people uh, don't live in the same city with their parent we're, we're um, and we have a, a a couple of cases where um, the, the the senior is here in the Atlanta area, and the adult child lives up in the Northeast, lives out in California. Um, I'll give you an example of one where um, it, his wife died, uh, and the daughter wanted us to stop in and see her dad three times a week, see that he was getting meals, you know, changing the bed linens, doing his laundry, things like that. As time has progressed, his health has changed, and he has started to have signs of dementia, and he was starting to fall. And our nurse and our caregivers, our caregiver is there to observe changes in conditions, reports it to the nurse. We have conversations to let the daughter know, and it was like, okay, now it's time, can't drive anymore. 
starting to have little ding accidents, take away the keys. Really, it's time for a different living situation. He really needs supervision 24-7. And that's where the discussion comes in. What makes the most sense for this person and where should they be? Our, our recommendation for what it was worth was an assisted living. In well, that situation, sure. But you know what? We still take care of him because our caregiver makes his doctor's appointments is on, and is on the case because the assisted living doesn't do that. That's not what they're set up for. But our, we're still involved. But the subtlety that I heard you explain that may you know not be caught by everybody that I'd really like to you uh-huh. know, emphasize is that you were brought on before there was a crisis. Yes. And because you were involved with him, because you were watching even what seemed to him maybe a social call, uh, not a care call, um, you were able and he was able, the family was able to avoid a crisis yes. by being able to communicate with that family member and say, hey, he's declining. Mm-hmm. What do you want to do? And have those conversations versus waiting for that crisis and then call your company in to say, help. You know. Yeah. And I'm sure you see a lot of that too. A lot of um, what we see is we get a call when there is a crisis. And if I could stress to the viewers, as difficult sometimes as conversations might be, planning is so important, financial planning, uh, living arrangements planning, um, it, it legal really, planning, legal planning, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, suppose this fella had was in full Alzheimer's stage. Well, he can't sign a document. Wonder if you have to go to court to become his guardian, whereas if you're taking care of things ahead of time, it, it would be a lot better. Absolutely. You are listening to Senior Salute Radio, presented by the Elder and Disability Law Firm of Victoria L. Collier, and we are speaking with Nancy Bohr, co-owner of Synergy Home Care. And so, Nancy, you know, you've, you focus on the person in need. So let's just, for lack of a better word, say the patient. Um, but are there things you can do for the family members as well? And if so, what are those things? Well, by virtue of caring for the client, um, you do care for the family. When I first started in this business, I thought 70% of what we would do would be physical caring for, for the client and 30% would be psychological and have discovered it's the reverse, 70%. And as you pointed out, it's not just about the client. It's about the client's family. Um, I've been called an angel. I used to be a banker. Nobody ever called me an angel. <laughs> it may have been an A word, but it wasn't you must an angel. Not have been in, you must not have been in the I will give you a loan department. <laughs> I was in risk management. <laughs> so no. But um, so... It relieves the stress of the family member who's probably got a career they're trying to juggle. They may have children. Their children may not be adult children. They could be teenagers or whatever. And on top of it, they're trying to care for mom and dad, get over to the house when they can. Um, Wouldn't it be nice if you had someone that was taking care of those errands with your parent? You would know they're getting to their doctor's appointments. I can still go to my meeting. Um, Somebody's helping them with grocery shopping. So on the weekend, I don't have to go grocery shopping. I could go take dad and do something fun or spend quality time not doing tasks. Right. Be the daughter, not the caregiver. Yeah. Or be the son, son. not the caregiver. Yeah, ex- or be the spouse. Exactly. Exactly. Restore those relationships. Exactly. And so, you know, it's funny you say that as far as how, um, what your perception of what your 
function would be, your service would be, and the percentages. Um, when I became a lawyer, you know, of mm-hmm. course I'm thinking it'd be 100% law. As an elder care attorney, most people come to us, they think they want legal services. And so, you know, 75% say, call and save my money. Uh, but yet, 75% of the questions are actually about care. How mm. am I going to get the best care? How am I going to pay for the care? Um, and then, of course, there's family issues that we deal with as well. But um, And working with families, you've been working with families for a long time. How have you seen your services change lives? Well, um, we helped take care of a veteran who'd had a uh, brain injury, fell downstairs. Uh, <clears throat> and when we started taking care of him, he'd already been for two years in bed. And they had, they had, had to remove his skull to let the, the swelling go down, but they had never put it back on. So he had not had physical therapy. It was our caregiver who started just doing simple range of motion exercises with him, which for your listeners is basically helping him to move his arm. He's still in bed. He's not standing up. Um, And one day the caregiver comes in after a few months of this and said, he's moved his arm by himself. Well, it was they created a spark for our client and his sister to go and get the surgery and he went into rehab, and now he walks with a rollator. I mean, this is like an amazing transformation, and I give a lot of credit to our caregiving to inspire that. Obviously, he had to do the exercises. Sure. He has a supportive family structure to help him with that. That's a simple example. Um, but it's huge. It is huge. That was a, That's a really dramatic one. But day in and day out, you know, it's... Um, it's making life easier for someone. They have arthritis in their shoulders. They have neuropathy in their feet. It's hard for them to get around. You know, this makes life a little easier for them and um, makes them feel good about themselves because they're able to do more. Absolutely. And see more instead of the same room all the time. Exactly. Social activity is really important. And so for home care services, yes. through Synergy Home Care, now is that all privately funded, like through savings and, for example, reverse mortgages? Yes, it primarily is going to be out of pocket. Um, as you well know, veteran aid and attendance benefit is one potential, if somebody qualifies source, a reverse mortgage, long-term care insurance, and that whole business has evolved that there are now like life insurance products that can flip into kind of a long-term care insurance as well. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, those are the examples. Great. And what key message would you like our listeners to walk away with today? Plan. Call us. (laughs) I'd be happy to talk to anybody. Education is such a big, important part. You are not alone. Uh, That's the really key thing. You are not alone in this. There are lots of people there to help you. So get educated, plan ahead, and surround yourself by those who know how to support you. And so how well put. <laughs> Thank you. So how can people find you and get in touch with you? Well, um, I'm going to give everybody a, a, a toll-free number because they could be at multiple places here in the area. And you serve outside the area of Justicator. What, oh, yes. What's your breadth? How um, far do you go? So we go from up in North Georgia to past Cartersville, to Blue Ridge, uh, Gainesville, Buford, Brazelton, 
Augusta, So let's just Athens. say Georgia. <laughs> well, nor- north of Atlanta. Atlanta and north, pretty much. And then we go east okay. and west. So, okay. yeah. So the phone number for Synergy Home Care is? 844-7-WE-CARE. We Care. Syn- and the website is syner- www.synergyhomecare.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Thank Nancy, uh, for being on the show. And you are listening to Senior Salute Radio, presented by the Elder and Disability Law Firm of Victoria L. Collier. And we just had wonderful information from both Dan Wolby on reverse mortgages and Nancy Bohr with regard to home care and taking care of yourself uh, while you are in need of the assistance of others. And now is my favorite special moment where we salute a senior. And today we are saluting Edwin Garner. And Edwin Garner is being saluted because he was able to manage his life as he aged by staying at home. And Edwin Garner grew up around Athens, Georgia, and settled in Atlanta after serving in the Army during World War II. Mr. Garner retired after working many years in the insurance business. However, prior to getting into the insurance business, Mr. Garner made a decision which he would probably consider to be one of the best of his life. He took a job working at Atlanta Gaslight. This turned out to be such an important decision because it was where he met his beloved wife. Mr. Garner spent 59 years married to the love of his life before she passed away. Mr. and Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Garner had one son, and they raised their son in their house in East Atlanta, the house that they called home for several decades. Mr. Garner found joy in many simple daily routines, talking to neighbors while watering his plants, greeting the mailman each afternoon, and most especially just relaxing in the company of his ever-present pet dog. When Mr. Garner became sick and started needing some help to take care of himself, his son knew that he would do everything within his power to allow his father to stay in his own home for as long as possible. For Mr. Garner, the environment of his home not only represented so many of his day-to-day simple pleasures, but it also allowed him to connect to his past joy, the life and memories he shared in that space with his cherished wife. Fortunately, through utilizing various resources and supports, Mr. Garner was able to live all of his days in place so he fond- that he so fondly called home. And today we wanted to bring you those resources such as a reverse mortgage to help pay for the care that you may need while you stay at home and Synergy Home Care who can provide that care um, should you need it. And I would like um, to thank our guests and listeners and you have been listening to Senior Salute which airs every Friday at 3 and is also available 24-7 online by visiting SeniorSalute.BusinessRadioX.com You can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook and again I'd like to thank our guests Dan Wolby and Nancy Bohr and our Senior Salute. We salute you.